0: Welcome to the Transformation Leaders Podcast. I'm Tony Lockwood, and I'm delighted that you could join me on this latest episode. Each episode takes the form of a discussion with a leader who openly shares their experiences of leading organizations through the transformation journey. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Brendan DeCruz. I've got to know Brendan well over the last year or so, as he was one of the early members of the Transformation Leaders Hub. His background is fascinating, and he has a different approach to most people that we've had on the show previously that stems from his academic background. During the episode, he will explain how he utilizes the experience gained in academia and corporate life to make a difference in local communities and within the non-for-profit sectors. I'm sure you'll enjoy our discussion. Hi, Brendan. uh, Delighted to have uh, that you've agreed to join me today. Uh, Welcome to the uh, Transformation Leaders podcast. great to have you here hi tony thank you for having me brilliant we, we we always start by asking you to introduce yourself um so a little bit about your background so the listeners know um what what you know what you've been involved in but also provide the context context shall I say on how you got into the world of change and transformation in, in the first place
1: thank you tony um yeah okay uh my career to date uh, i'm Brenda de cruz I'd like to think of myself as a a pracidemic. Um, After university, I spent a year in Ukraine uh, working on a British Council project, and that kind of got me involved with working with universities and maybe kind of shaped my interest in in academia. I then spent 18 or so years um, in academia, working for four or more universities, uh, if you count mergers and things like that. So I worked my way from lecturer, senior lecturer, principal lecturer to head of department, And in that time, I did lots of change projects, uh, programs, a few international collaborative development activities, various transformational initiatives. So for example, I was involved with a university designation project to change the uh, the college into a university. I've been involved with various funding stream um, activities, various ways in which people change the um, technology and digital, for example, e-learning came along. Uh, i 've been involved in mergers and i 've done a couple of campus moves along the way as well, so quite a lot of activity within that but you know in that time, I led teams, I led divisions, I led departments, um, I even managed professors at one point, <laughs> but it was all about learning, teaching assessment um, and and influencing hearts and minds, yeah. if you like but the, the culture of that, that world was very much about academic freedom there, there weren 't very many um, transformation uh leaders as we would think of them uh lots of people had to be brought in from outside and so i then got involved with uh professional body work so that was the next chapter of my life after a little stint as daddy daycare Um, (laughs) and i worked with uh, the association for project management who were going through their own transformation at that time um i I was the lead verifier for the registered project professional which is now chartered project professional so uh, i was involved in competence assessment developing standards, enhancing professionalism. Uh, I had a role in the Education Network Advisory Group, which was shaping the way in which universities and academia worked with um, professional bodies. And uh, APM now have dedicated staff uh, working in these areas. Uh, and I also was the person who helped in initiate the project professional qualification. Uh, so, you know, kind of, I've, I've always been involved with work to do with Qualifications, designations, certifications, um, and whilst I was working on the Registered Project Professional, I remember there being a bit of a battle going on with the, the PMI, um, and, and we were all kind of held to a dignified silence. So <laughs> uh, I think it was, you know, if academia was hearts and minds, this was about hearts and minds and, and membership subscriptions. Yes. Um, so you know, it does sound a little bit cloak and dagger, but um, you know, it, all I can remember is it, it took a while, and, and it gave me a feel for you know, the world of change and, and, and transformation, um, but all about, you know, professional standards. Yeah. And then um, the kind of the, the last five years or so, I've been doing two things in parallel, which is working on business transformation more in the social housing and the social care sector. So, for example, I've done refinancing programmes, I've done refurbishment and agile working um, activities, various repair service and uh, capability development. So looking at tool sets and Uh, rules for how governance operates within change environments and most recently i've been working on the no homeless veterans roadmap research project which looks at how the armed forces transition into civilian life uh, to think about how we prevent homelessness and ways in which you know kind of we can improve the way in which information and guidance is provided whilst people are still in the military so that they don't experience some of the challenges when they when they become veterans and you know um Go on to live civilian lives uh, but at the same time I've also been in a lot of community development and volunteering activity so I'm a trustee of a charity which is based in Abervan and I work with children and families on a, a £1 million community investment program which is all about um, you know making a difference to, to how people in those communities live and, and making investments that work with people rather than trying to impose change on them mm-hmm. and, and I find that fascinating and and really rewarding. So that's kind of a potted history of, of, yeah, of yeah. my background. Quite a varied amount of things in there, I think, Tony.
0: No, I was gonna say it is it's such a broad range of experiences that you've had in there. And, and I'm sure it's each of those have in, informed the way that you do things uh, these days. So I'm sure we'll explore that as 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 we go through the podcast. But thank, thanks for that introduction. Um the the one common question that I ask at the start of every podcast um, and I'm, I'm always intrigued to listen to the answer uh, and I'll be even really very intrigued in, in, in the way that you, you answer this question now is how do you define transformation?
1: I've, I've struggled with the um, notion of transformation and, and whether or not it, it's revolutionary change or evolutionary change or a bit of both. And I've kind of uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the butterfly analogy, which I, I'm, I don't know if anybody else has used before on these podcasts. But, you know, uh, a butterfly effectively starts off as an egg, becomes yeah. a caterpillar, then a cocoon, and then ultimately becomes a, a, a moth or a butterfly. So there's kind of clarity on what the to be is in terms of it's going to be a butterfly or a moth or, or something like that. But it, it's a kind of a journey that, um, you know, the 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 organism goes through. And I think transformation is, is similar. It's a journey. However, it's never ending in, in, in the real world. And there are various versions of, um, you know, we, we may have an idea of what the 2B may be, but there are various versions of as is for, you know, which we can kind of try and understand and analyze and create um, opportunities to change those as part of the transformation, transformation activities. So for me, it's all about why we're changing. And there are various drivers and um, as we know things like costs or you know see off competition compliance uh, generate revenue various innovations come along i mean people talk about digital transformation all the time but it, it's all about thinking about the to be state that the the organization or the kind of the entity that we're working with is is going through and then we think about what where and when we're changing and the how and the who will get this done and for me this is about the the, the trinity of the, the people who work in this area, which I think transformation um, leaders, transformation people embody. So there are those that are involved in strategy about where they're going. Those that are involved in, in actually defining that change and making sure that it, it, it's embedded. And then there are those who are involved in the actual delivery of that, that change and transformation. So I'm, I'm defining them as sort of strategy folk, change folk and project folk all working together uh, the transformers if you like yeah. probably conjures up an image of electrical subsystems or I don't know giant robots battling each other out but actually you know can these people all work together and, and I think we as transformation leaders embody those those facets but there's also those on the journey that are affected and, and ideally transformation is about beneficial change where you don't go back to being a caterpillar again you go you know you you evolve into something else yeah. and so that's kind of my my. Um, very analogous view of what transformation is, which um, I'm hoping that you kind of buy into it to some extent.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, th- I think it's interesting that, that you know, we, we've, this this is probably, I think, episode 56 or 57, um, and every, every episode we've asked that question. And although there's some commonalities, everybody has a slightly different perception of what transformation is. I, I, I'm of the mindset, uh, like yourself, that it is that transformative element. It, it's moving from one state to another. And, that, um, and, and other people have said, well, it has to be quite large. It has to be a big transformation. It doesn't need, to, I, in my opinion, it doesn't need to be a massive multi-year transformation to move an entity from one state to another state. But the definition I, I would is, is very well aligned to you is that transforming from one state to another, as you say from a caterpillar to a butterfly is, is a is an analogy that um, that I've certainly used in the past as well
1: I think you know particularly interesting for me is this idea of um, a transformation mindset You've 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 talked to us previously about a growth mindset, but you know I think if we use an iceberg model, what we actually see when we're doing the transformation is is you know um, operations and behaviors what we don't see is sort of thoughts and beliefs or you know people's lived experiences and values the culture of the organization and the connections and the relationships that are in there they're, they're kind of under the water if you like and you know sometimes I feel as if um, transformation is a bit like moving deck chairs around on, on the Titanic if you if you get it wrong do you know what I mean you're, you're going to hit the iceberg rather than be the iceberg yeah. and um, you know it's really important that we kind of we, we get it right And I think kind of the butterfly model does break down a little bit because in the real world, it's not so linear, is it? It's not, you know, going through these states because the world is complex and complicated. I think the environment is VUCA. Yeah. You know, um, uh, all all those sort of complexities and ambiguities and uncertainties and volatilities all kind of make it really challenging for us. Uh, I I work with veterans at the moment and, you know, we have these terminologies thrown around that you get hold of like SITREP. So kind of you always constantly trying to work out where you are along that journey. And um, FUBAR, yeah, obviously, you know, things go horribly wrong and, and you have to recover from them, which means that whatever you set out to do may not be the way you ultimately end up. But that's why we have, you know, things like agile transformations going on, where people do little bits at a time as those states change. Uh, and, and ultimately, it's all about, you know, making sure that the people and the processes and, and the technology that that bind that organization together work to deliver beneficial transformation.
0: Yeah, I, I, but I think that one of the commonalities of, of everything that you just said there and all the different approaches is about being very clear about what the outcome that you're driving towards is, is, and be, be very clear about um, where you're moving towards, that North Star. And then the route that you can take, everybody knows you put a plan on paper, and a, a few a few minutes later, something will happen that means that that's not it's not how it will work in in, in, in the nth degree. So you've got to be agile. You've got to be you've got to um, adapt to, to the scenarios that you, you you're working with. But you do need to have that north star. I think that you, you you're driving towards. Just coming back to something you, you mentioned there and this iceberg uh, model um, that um, you, you sort of dropped in. Let's just explore that a little bit. The 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 things that are above the water, what 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 do you typically see within the organizations that you're working with?
1: I I think when when you start a transformation, obviously you do some sort of you know starting analysis to try and work out where the organization is, the as is state, if you like. And and often, you know, what you can get hold of depends on the amount of information that you can glean from the organization you're working with. But you know, kind of, you know, previous work that's gone on, the ideas of the, the the C suite. The people that are involved in kind of shaping the transformation, which may not necessarily be the reality of what you're dealing with. And I, I'm an academic, as I said at the beginning, you know, kind of research is important to me and, and you know, getting to the the crooks of what makes things tick, doing things properly and rigorously is, is something that I've been, you know, ingrained with as part of my, my academic life. So, you know, what I wanna see is what's under the water, all those things that actually make that organization tick and the things that will make that transformation sustainable once we get there so you know I, I think that early stage of transformation is so important you know back to the butterfly you know whilst you're an egg yeah that that's where you can really make some some significant change in terms of working out what kind of butterfly or moth you're going to end up yeah. because otherwise you know you, you're not going to have the success that you want
0: um but, but okay then. So let's look at the stuff that, as you say, getting into the detail of the stuff that typically is under the water and by definition, but some people will ignore, or some people will try to avoid getting into the detail. What, you know, uh, in your experiences, what are the the key uh, learnings from some of the projects and programs that you've been responsible for and been involved in? That by digging deeper and understanding things that are much more You know, a a much a a much um, more comprehensive level um, has helped you to, as you say, make that transition from from the egg to the butterfly much more effectively, much more successful.
1: Uh, I guess the kind of yeah, if if I had some guiding principles for success, and you know, based on my experiences, I'd say that the change is done with people, not to or for them. Uh, So I, I work in an environment now where people use things like co production you know really trying to get engagement involvement in terms of deciding what direction uh changes are you know you may have a, a, a kind of a grand idea but you need to be make, making sure that it's viable and that will actually work so not the kind of the illusion of consultation which which i've seen sadly in in some of the organizations that i've worked with but you know what what good actually looks like comes from the people who, who have to deliver on it will have to live it and breathe it from an operations perspective so you know kind of for me it's making sure that you you capture that voice of of all the stakeholders in in, in the transformation and not necessarily just those who are, are driving it secondly i think kind of transformation is, is supposed to be progressive and sustainable so you know as i said you know you don't want the butterfly to go back to being a caterpillar so at some point you need to know the kind of the the, the real drivers behind some of the motivations of the people who are leading the organisation and what good looks like to them, but also get the organization itself to buy into that change. So values, you know, relationships, a lot of effort needs to go into kind of um, sustaining that change over a longer period of time. And and thirdly, maybe the idea that if if beauty is in the eye of the beholder, then success is in the eye of the stakeholder. And, And, you know, in the way that evolution sort of shapes butterflies and moths and what they ultimately look like, I think kind of stakeholders shape transformations in a way that determines success and failure and capturing that in a way that that isn't you know lip surface or or ticking boxes is, is really really important to really understand what's happening below that waterline if you like um which hopefully will, will make that transformation sustainable and and you know deliver what it is you wanted to, to do when you set out so how do you do that
0: now uh, you know how do you Get those stakeholders really bought into that 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 sort of that state of transformation, that state of change, and and, and really help to to shape that. When often they've got a day job to do as well um, that can be very pressurized and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. We know all the all all, 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 you know, all the excuses that come up. So so, w- what type of things do you do to get
1: those stakeholders fully engaged? that that's clearly a challenge and you know getting getting people's diaries and and things aligned and you know running consultation groups we live in a world of meetings all the time but you know the, the the basic principle is to look beyond what we can see or what we're told is the as is and to actually challenge that to be inquisitive and curious and to try and you know understand more uh by various methods you know there are surveys there are focus groups, there are, you know, one to one meetings that that you can hold and there is no substitute for actually getting into the organization and spending time and and actually learning how things work and seeing it, observing it rather than just taking, you know, what you've been told as assumptions. Um, And I think kind of, you know, as I've said, I'm I'm an academic evidence informed research tools are, are really, really important here. In terms of being able to do things rigorously properly you know if you're going to have to do samples make sure you've got the right samples yeah if you're going to have to do observations make sure they're representative and that, that you know people from various organizational roles are involved in them um, and I think kind of the idea of continuous improvement is here in that we're, we're constantly learning we're constantly adjusting adapting optimizing our approach and you know we may not have the same perspective uh, whilst we're along the journey as we did at the start so being able to refine and to change what we're thinking as we learn more is really really important here as well as the, the idea of sort of striving for excellence I'm, I'm one of those people who doesn't believe in best practice there's only better practice yeah. and that kind of you know you, you you take these ideas from outside and you have those conversations but there is always something out there that might change very rapidly given the volatility and the uncertainty in the world we live in and being able to have an open mind To be able to kind of have that conversation with people and say, well, actually, maybe that's now not a great idea, but it was maybe five minutes ago. You know, that that kind of thing. Um, And I think kind of just the behavior that we have in terms of sort of modeling what it is we're trying to do. So influencing, motivating, inspiring is the things that we can do in the organization to kind of lead that change, lead that transformation and show them the kind of the better view of what things could be and how it will benefit them. And in the same way that we need to be, you know, resilient and we need to be kind of rigorous and and make sure that we're doing the right stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, you know, initiatives like EDI, uh, equality, diversity and inclusivity is very, very important in terms of making sure that those drivers are part of the transformation. Uh, Sustainability and ESG. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, kind of we want sustainable, not just in terms of what the transformation continues to be but also in terms of the planet and the climate and change and, and you know the environment that we work in uh, I work with a group called responsible project management which is how we deliver it in a way that, that actually thinks about those drivers and you know having spent some time in professional bodies professionalism is really really important to me and I think kind of if we're going to do it we do it properly we don't cut corners and we try and make sure that you know ethical perspectives are, are, are brought into the fore so that whatever we are doing that we are um we're doing it properly we're yeah. doing the right sort of transformation yeah no absolutely um, uh, it's a couple
0: of things that really jump out there well more than a couple um, but certainly the really early on in what you're just saying there around not taking um uh, or not assuming that what comes out from um, the the initial engagement is what actually happens as the as is and going challenging it and going asking questions and going deeper because uh, as you say all too often um, reality doesn't reflect what people's initial perceptions are and uh, and if you go and challenge those often you find some real opportunities but the the, the, one, the, the one that I'm definitely going to steal from you is the best practice better practice because we do everyone talks about best practice don't they? and you're absolutely right it might have been best practice when it was implemented in another organization but that doesn't necessarily mean that it it's going to be a um um a, you know a cut and pace job into your organization and you should always look to improve upon it so, yeah, I, I think um, um, you'll be hearing lots more about better practice rather than best practice coming out of TLH moving forward. So.
1: Oh, you're welcome for that. Really. No worries.
0: <laughs> so you, you've touched on it a few times now. Uh, your, your thoughts on, on sort of transformation go much wider than just an organizational perspective. You know, you've, you've, you've been involved in, um, as you say, societal societal change or societal, I can you say it. Ch- uh, change and transformation within society uh, you get involved in lots of volunteering and um and and, and non-for-profits um so it, it just be useful to um to share some more about that and uh, 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 around the other the things that you get involved in um and and what you want to get involved in moving forward you know that where, where does that real passion come from i suppose
1: i I want to make a difference. I think that kind of is a real driver for me and and I'm quite lucky in that I, you know, I can do things in a way that allows me to have paid work alongside volunteering. And, and I, you know, I do believe that um, transformation leaders should be more involved in, in volunteering activities. You know, yes, we, we want um, day rates and fees and things like that, but there's also a, a huge number of skills and, and competencies that, that we have that we can give to a third sector organisation who who desperately need them because there are clearly deficits in, in terms of you know being able to do some of these things and so for me it it, it was a no-brainer really to get involved initially with, with the, the charity that I now work with but um, you know for me if we come back to the idea of five, uh, five ways for well-being one of them is to do voluntary activity and to give of ourselves to others and I found that tremendously rewarding and, and would really recommend that to others who, who are not doing this I, I believe you're involved in, in in this kind of activity as well but you know you can tell me whether or not you feel as if you're, you're getting a sense of achievement and that you're helping people ultimately because of the skills the the things that you can offer the organization albeit they're not paying you for it but that's not everything you do there are things that do give you you know financial remuneration that that's appropriate um, and, and the key driver here is time and and I've Basically, you know, re- revised the way in which I work to create that time to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, you know, kind of from a societal perspective, looking broader, maybe perhaps it was my experiences in Ukraine that that you know shaped the way in which I think about how how I can operate and how I can make a difference, both mm. in my my working life and in in my kind of my non-working life, which is how I class volunteering, even though I am effectively working for free. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you have a thought on this. Yeah, I, I, it's
0: interesting, isn't it? I, you know, we, we, we have a number of shared passions, social housing and, and, and that, um, certainly the drive to... Um, get, I, I find it amazing that in, in today's world, how rich the UK is and, and globally how, how, how rich we are in comparison to previous years, that actually the, the, the level of homelessness is going through the roof again and, and and it was hidden a little bit it never went away but it was hidden in covid because little you know um lots and lots of um um shelters were opened up you know people were taking off the streets but the back the back there now the problem hasn't got resolved you know it was it was it was a a plaster that was applied for a short period of time um, so, so, yeah, absolutely share passion in that. But I, th- I think to answer your question, um, what I've found when I've got involved in with third, third sector charities or non-for-profits is that you actually get so much more back. So, yeah, I'm, I can take my skill sets and experience and help in certain ways, but I can, I've been learning so much from the people in those organisations because they've got different experiences, um, that I, i''ve i've not had and you can learn such so much so you get a much broader perspective on challenges on 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 things that you've got to do different approaches to uh, change mindsets drive things forward etc cetera, etc cetera, that you can take back and put into in, in into the corporate world so so i think yes you are giving time and experience but actually you might not be getting paid for it but you
1: get so much more value out of it as well in different ways is, is that is that your experience as well definitely you know it, it's tremendously rewarding but you know i am I'm, I'm sure i've taken ideas that i've learned from from my charity work and, and used them in my kind of a day job uh you know particularly kind of may, maybe because i do work in sort of a more people focused social community environment at the moment in, in social housing that you know gives me that kind of empathy because I can relate to some of the, the people that I work with in, in terms of the regeneration and community projects that, that I'm working on so absolutely it's a, it's a two-way street isn't it
0: yeah absolutely so um, across everything that you've done whether that was in as you say within the um, non-for-profits and charities um, in your volunteering as well as you the education and, and the corporate life, you, you will have been involved, and, 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 and certainly in uh, the early days, you will have been involved in some really quite stressful situations, maybe stressful for yourself, certainly stressful for the people that are going through that sort of transformation and change. What sort of things do, the, the you, do you do to manage your stress? You know, some, some ideas that have helped you that maybe, you know, could, could potentially help other people.
1: I think for me, I, I i take time out. I, you know, I've tried to create, if you like, a well-being day. Mm. And and I know people are now beginning to talk about, you know, four-day working week and and things like work-life balance becoming more and more important. But I, I proactively try and make sure that I have that time where I can be mindful. I particularly enjoy woodland well-being. You know, walking around with, with you know, I, I love trees. What can I say? You know, I really like that kind of environment. And and for me, it's that time to kind of. Think and reflect, and to to not have that high pressure environment that, that we do during the day job. Um, and I'm constantly learning. I think, kind of, for me, yeah, I'm one of these uh, sponges that likes to absorb new things, learn new things, and, and engage with other people. I like to network, and and we're constantly evolving as people. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to be a better butterfly. Um, so it's about you know how how I can enhance that, and and sometimes it's work related, sometimes it's not. But it's making sure that that time is built in. You know, you, you you can't be too busy to find the time to make yourself less stressed. Yeah. So you know, kind of any, anything that that contributes to that, and the five ways to well being is, is something that you know I, I've become more familiar with whilst I've been working in, in the social sector is really really important. And I think more of us can kind of you know learn from that and, and you know be fit, healthy, active, but making sure that we we balance our time in a way that, that allows us to be well-rounded professionals. I don't know if that's kind of answered your question, but yeah, you know, for I, me, it's I, really
0: important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think, again, we, we, we don't necessarily ask the question in every episode, but quite frequently. And again, the variation that comes back is really insightful for lots of people. But the, common, the commonality of it, I suppose, the common theme is that, Ability to step back and give yourself some time um, uh, to, to to get off uh, that hamster wheel and just give yourself a, a little bit of time. And how you do that, and how people do that, some people go cycling, some people go walking, some people listen to podcasts, listen to music. But the common thing is just build some time into your day that you can decompress almost and... Um, um, you know, one, one of the, I can't remember who it was now, but, um, you know, about four or five years ago, um, I, was, I was having a chat with someone and, uh, and, and they were saying, just block out a slot in your diary every day and really hold it firm. that you've, you've almost said, I'm going to decompress or I'm going to take some time out at this time every day. And, and since doing that, I've found that there's much more balance in your life and a really simple tool, but really highly effective. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, it absolutely answered my question. Um, it, it, in terms of your non-negotiables then, in terms of the absolute essential aspects that you feel is important to deliver sustainable change, um, whether that's in corporate or whether that's in, in, in charities or whether that's in societies in general. what general. What, what, what is that one thing for your, for, from, from your
1: perspective? Interesting question. Um, I think I, I, I'm going to say buy-in. Yeah, I, I think kind of people have to be on board. Yeah, if transformation is a journey, then, then people have to be coming with you and you have to be able to bring them with you and and for me you know there are times when i've gone you know i i can't do this i need to walk away yeah i'm sorry just just where you want to go maybe somebody else can take you but this is not something that that for me yeah in terms of where you want to go and how you want to get there i can actually do perhaps that's to do with ethics and professionalism or it's to do with sort of the 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 leadership challenges you know you need to get on with people in order to deliver change together rather than you know just being told the jfdi for one of a better expression yeah. um and, and i think kind of I, i'm one of these people that that you know uh i want to buy in as well and, and if we're all on the same page and we're actually going to be able to deliver it but if there is that kind of difference of opinion up front then perhaps for me it's a, it's a non-negotiable yeah i i'm picking you as much as you're picking me and, and together we are on this journey and, and that's really important that we have that common understanding. So yeah buy-in absolutely for me you know and then obviously we get others involved and we bring them on board and then hopefully we deliver this thing together but if it's not right from from the get-go then then there's no point really for me
0: i agree it's interesting i was on a call earlier there's an experience a few years ago with a a chief exec large-scale public sector firm his approach to transformation and change was to announce Frequently, we go do this, we go do this, commit to doing this, 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 this. And you know, over a period of 12, 18 months, all of these initiatives were kicked off. Um, and 18 months later, none of them had been delivered because they all we'd done is said, We're going to do it. I'm committing to doing this, I'm going to do it. And nothing else had happened because there hadn't been that buy in, there hadn't been that. That discussion, there hadn't been all the things that you need to put in place to ensure that actually you can uh, get everyone aligned and get them to the train station, for for, for using that analogy, and get them on board uh, to go to that destination. And um, yeah, uh, it's uh, you summed it up perfectly. By by, he,
1: he did nothing in that case around buying. And, and I think, kind of, in the example you've just given, you've highlighted that sometimes people try and do too much. Yeah. You know, bite of more than they can chew. And, and, you know, why am I there? I'm there to help you actually determine what's the best way of doing this. So, yeah, you know, if you really need me there, don't tell me how I should do it. Yeah, you, you work with me and I tell you how you could do it. And then we're all on this transformation journey together. Uh, and, and maybe you wouldn't try and start all these initiatives and deliver none of them. You know, that, that I've seen that too, unfortunately, you know. So, um, yeah, interesting. Brilliant.
0: Brendan, that's been great. Uh, A great conversation. Um, I've just looked up at the time and we're 40 minutes in already. So that's always a great sign that it's been a good conversation. So thank you very much for your time and and your contribution today. And um, look forward to uh, catching up with you very soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Brendan. I really enjoyed that discussion. If you'd like to know more or indeed talk to Brendan further about his experience of volunteering or indeed his belief around developing more standards on transformation delivery, please do reach out to him. Ultimately, the core purpose of this podcast is to share proven approaches that can help you successfully deliver transformation within your business. The Transformation Leaders Hub is a community focused exclusively on those operating within Changing Transformation. So if you've not checked it out as yet, please do so today by clicking on the link in the show notes. I look forward to sharing another episode with you in a couple of weeks time. Bye for now.